0: About to say, oh. yeah. <laughs> um, today <laughs> we're going to go through some of the biggest mistakes that we've made in the gym, and particularly the biggest mistakes I see people make frequently. Uh, and when I say in the gym, I more so just mean in relation to their body transformation. So that can be outside of the gym, but you know, habits that influence performance within the gym. Um, you know, some of those things that people might think is the right thing to do, but is not. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, the first one that comes to the brain is. Uh, too much work i think people yes. yeah so i think and this kind of you can you can take this down different avenues as far as you know sustainability as far as um realistic expectations go but you know everybody thinks that when they first start their body transformation they're gonna you know seven days a week twice a day i'm gonna wake up early and do cardio and then i'm gonna lift in the evening and i'm gonna eat a thousand calories who do you think you are day. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, but you make a good point. Yeah. Who, who do you think you are, man? Like do you think you're someone that has no responsibilities, that has no, you know, job, no kids, no other thing going on, but you know, you can you can only realistically dedicate so much of this stuff to your process to to this process. But where I was going with that is I see people do that and then they can't sustain it and then they quit because it's not what they wanted.
1: And it's whenever they can't sustain it and they quit, it's it's not even when they quit, they drop all of those good habits, mm-hmm. and they completely start back from ground zero, and what I've noticed is they completely forget the idea of even pursuing the body transformation at mm-hmm. all, like, any further. Yeah. Like, they just completely give up, which is horrible. And it's,
0: I've, I've had this conversation with, actually, quite a few different clients recently, but it's kind of the conversation of a light switch versus a dial right and so you need to be able to crank your dial up or crank your dial down not switch your flip all the way on or all the way off yeah because there's
1: only yeah doing it that way obviously there's only one it's not few, there's only one choice yeah so exactly. you flip it up or you flip it down. exactly and so
0: if What's you're your in, if you're in that mind state of well I can't do seven days a week and I can't you know commit to a thousand calories a day and I can't commit to all these ridiculous you know protocols that I've made up in my head that are gonna get me where I want to go so why do it at all and that's a It's a fatal mistake, man, because that that turns into an all-or-nothing mentality, you know?
1: Yeah, like, hey, you're not a movie character, you know? Like, if you really want to, let's say in this case, you want to run a marathon. Sure. Okay? If you really want to do that, and, you know, you're big right now, you weigh a lot, and it just doesn't look realistic, well, hey, you know, break it down and ask yourself what you can commit to now and that can be something as simple as walking a mile like everybody or at least most people should be able to walk a mile and you know do that after a couple weeks and once you get comfortable with that maybe start light jogging and whenever you start getting tired or out of breath on that light jog just stop and keep on walking and eventually the goal is to be able to run that mile just one mile And then after that, you can start running a little bit more than a mile. But the the whole point is, you'll get to that end goal, which in this case would be the marathon, if you slowly build up to it. Like, you can't expect yourself to get up tomorrow and lose 50 pounds or run a marathon or be able to bench, you know, what you've been wanting to binge for however long, sure. there's prerequisites, sure. and for you to even expect that you're that you can just you know do whatever in a month or however long, short term, it's just unrealistic, and you're setting yourself up for uh, failure and pain.
0: So I have, I have two things to say to that. Number one is you know we've talked about this before. People underestimate what they can do and. In- six months and they overestimate what they can do in six weeks Mm -hmm. you know and so it's time time is usually on your side unless you've got some kind of competition unless you have some sort of date and usually you can make time on your side if you give yourself enough time yeah but you know i'm I'm glad you used the example of marathon running or just running in general because man and I, i i can't even make up a high enough percentage in my head to just i feel like everybody who wants to start running Everybody that's like, man, I want to be a runner. I want to start running. Their first thought is like, I'm gonna to try to do three miles a day, nope. and they go from, but yeah, and it's like, man, no offense, but to your point, who the hell do you think you are? Yeah, like you can't walk into the gym and bench 275 first time under there. Yeah, you know? you're and get I don't crushed. know if that's a fair comparison, but like, point being, like. There's a reason your knees and your ankles and everything is killing the next day, man. It's because like you have not you have not primed or prepped yourself for that. You haven't earned that, quite honestly. Yeah. And that's not that's not to demotivate or discourage anyone from wanting to work hard, but like, be realistic with yourself, man. Like you would be much better off, like to your point, trying to walk a mile a day and see if you can you know see if you can improve in other places. Like try to make your recovery better. Go to bed earlier. Get better sleep. You know, eat cleaner. Yeah, drink like, more water. Like you have, you have other places to improve other than the one place that's causing your body stress.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, and it's small improvements too. So, small Alex, improvements with that time compounded.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, Alex knows that I, and sometimes I still am the all in or all out guy, and I thought that that was the right way to do things because I was able to get a lot of things done in short period of time. But um, right now I'm actually trying to switch to um, small improvements over a long period of time because the problem with doing these, you know, short transformations is one, they're just not realistic for most people. Um, two, you, you're not instilling any of the positive habits habits that come with maintaining whatever transformation that you're trying to do. Um, and three, at the end of the day, you're just, that's the easy way out. It's very easy to, I'm not, not very easy, but it's a lot easier to sacrifice everything and pay attention to one thing for a month or two than it is to instill these habits that will actually benefit you in the long term. Yeah. Like, Hey, it's not about the next two months. Yeah. It's about, the, about the next, yeah, the next, however long you have to live, you mm-hmm. know? And again, it's it's just because we see these, or we hear these stories and we see these amazing people that have made those amazing transformations and, you know, we think that that is the norm and that's how it's supposed to be when it's not how it's supposed to be, you know? Well, I also think with the all-in
0: mentality and... Again, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but the all-in mentality maybe right off the bat when you haven't even crawled yet. But again, you become a little bit more result-oriented rather than process-oriented. And when you are yes. process-oriented, it's forever, man. You know, it is forever because if you can be process-oriented and you can focus on the day by day, you know, keep your calories where they need to be, keep your movement at a certain place, and try to make it a little better the next day.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, that's that's how you are going to get there, man. Yeah. So, I, I really think that that's an underlooked piece of it, underlooked, underappreciated piece of it is, is being process driven and something that's so process dependent, you know, you can't, you can't just lift and make a body transformation. You got to watch your calories too. You can't just watch your calories and make a body transformation. You got to resist the strain too. There's multiple facets to this. So it's like, if you can be just dedicated to the process around each of them, cause, cause realistically, man, like it's all, it's all pretty simple. Like it just takes time and it takes consistent effort, you know. Mm-hmm. None of it is none of it is rocket science. Yeah, it's people not have, magic. People have done it before. People have done it for a while, and people will continue to do it at, at different degrees of success. But a big part of that is is whether you trust the process or not. And if you if you don't, and you think you have to to do this all in, you know, this a hundred percent or nothing at all, then it's not realistic. And man, you're gonna have you're gonna have days where like you have to work for sixteen hours, and then. You know what happens if I don't know. You can't get your workout in. Then are you going to just blow your diet too? Yeah. Or if your diet gets messed up, are you going to blow your workout too? Or if you miss sleep, are you going to you know blow your diet? I mean, there's all these different things, and it's like you have to be sure that if you're 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 committing to the process of each of them rather than trying to be you know this perfect slate all around or nothing at all. So yeah, because that
1: sounds like a daunting task yeah. to have to. Keep constant track of all of those things. But again, like you're saying, if you're focusing on the process, then those things that you, especially if you're not putting so much like responsibility on yourself at the get-go um, when it comes to whatever transformation you want, you're wanting to make and you're adding to that responsibility slowly and over time, what's going to happen is those things that you had to think about in the beginning whether it be you know food journaling, taking those walks, or you know your morning walks, going to the gym, um, they become non-uncon or non-conscious habits. You you no longer have to think about them, so you're able to take on more responsibility. But in the beginning, if you do put on all this responsibility on yourself, imagine having to wake up in the morning, going straight for a run and then coming back and then going okay now i have to track my food like having to do all these things consciously it's it's a pain in the ass
0: right and it becomes much more mental effort than it needs to be and so
1: yeah you only have so much willpower
0: and i feel Like, like i sound like a broken record here man but it's like you know if you're trying to say you know i'm gonna eat this many calories and this many grams of protein this many grams of carbs and this many grams of fat and you haven't even food journaled before i mean what what are you thinking man like yeah. i don't i don't think i could go and be a an NFL player having not played football since i was a 13 year old kid you know what i mean like you, you, there there's steps and there's levels to this process and and it's not to, it's not to belittle or, or downgrade anybody who might be in a, in a beginner stage, but it's like, if you can respect the steps and respect the process and, and follow it through, it's gonna make that much more sense. It's gonna be that much easier. Like it, to circle back to math we were talking about earlier, like, dude, imagine trying to do algebra if you don't know how to do division or multiplication or, or any yeah, any of the simple stuff. Like there's there's prerequisites, man. Like you have to, and if you can honor that process and get good at that process, like it's it pays off. You can't be a black belt before you're a white belt.
1: Yeah, all you're gonna do is set yourself up for disappointment. Mm-hmm. I remember in high school I went to go compete at a at the state powerlifting meet here in Texas and I thought that I was, you know, really strong. Uh, at the time, obviously there's a bunch of people who were way stronger than me. And there's this one kid, his name was Joseph Pena, and at the age of I think he was seventeen or eighteen, but he was at that powerlifting meet and this dude squatted I think it was 1,005 pounds or a thousand twenty-five, thousand thirty-five. one of those at that age. And I started, you know, com- I started comparing myself to him. You know, um, I didn't understand how he was so much stronger. But then as I learned, his dad was a powerlifting coach and he had been powerlifting, specifically specializing in squat for since he was 10 years old. Yeah, and I had just started powerlifting. Yeah, um, the year before, so it's like
0: how can you how can you make that comparison? How can you exactly how you can know, I use, have my
1: how can I put myself up to those expectations um, so soon?
0: You know, if he had been powerlifting for eight years and you for a year, he has eight times the amount of time under his belt that you do. Exactly. You know, and it's like how can you how can you expect yourself to have flown through the process as quickly?
1: Yeah, and if again like. What I felt at that time was, you know, disappointment. Mm-hmm. And there's no point in feeling that. you know like we are amazing, and we can do amazing things. It's all about setting ourselves up to do those amazing things. And if we're setting ourselves up for, again, like failure or something that we just cannot maintain realistically, um, whether you believe it or not, you know reality is reality um, you're just going to be disappointed in the end. So man, and those, those micro progressions too, those,
0: those steps in the process, like those, those steps build confidence for the bigger stuff. Yes. You know, man, like if you, how are you supposed to squat a thousand pounds? If you don't know that you can squat 900, how are you supposed to squat 900? If you don't know that you can squat 800? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and, and just, and that comes down to simply like Do your diligence, man. Like, like build up over time. Don't expect yourself to make these crazy leaps. Like, commit to the process. Take your daily wins and let those compound, man.
1: Compound. Compound. Yes. I'm actually reading this book right now. Um, I forget the name of it. Um, it's called. I think it's called compounding. Compounding. Something like that. But one of the things, if I know right, like very generic. But hey. Um, one of the things that he actually has me doing, I don't remember the author's name that he has me doing, um, as an exercise for just improving whatever part of my life that I want to improve is journaling, um, well specifically tracking. So let's say, I know you, you recommend food journaling a lot. Right. Um, but just in general, if there's something that you do want to improve on, whether it be you know, losing weight, um, running or, you know, improving your cardiovascular whatever, um, improving your strength, uh, start tracking the habits that actually pertain to whatever you're trying to improve. So for food journaling, um, maybe you can start off if you don't really want to commit to using the MyFitnessPal app. And, you know, searching in for all the foods and all that, just by the way, it it's really easy. Just write down what you eat. And one of the big things is keeping the notepad in your pocket the whole time and just doing it. And what will happen is you'll become aware of those habits that are pertaining to whatever you want to improve. And I think that that's the first step is just awareness, right?
0: Yeah, I would I would agree with that. It's, I mean, it definitely is not in, in the food journaling space. But, yeah, I mean... To know where you want to go, you have to know where you are. Yes. And we've talked about that before on here too. It's like, man, if I want to run 10 miles and I don't even know how many I can run right now, you know, I got to start logging down. Okay, this day I did a mile. By this day, I got to be able to do two miles. Now we're kind of talking about like reverse engineering your goals a little bit. Yep. You know, if I want to bench press 300 pounds, I got to figure out, and I want to do that within a year, I got to figure out what day I got to do 275 by. I got to know what day I got to do 250 by. You know, and so when you you break those down to those check marks, and again that circles back to our, our confidence building, our micro wins, our daily wins, like when you when you do those things and you follow within that process, like you, you find a way to get yourself there. So you have to be conscious first. You can't just be like, Yeah, I want to bench three hundred, let me just throw around some weight today, let me just throw around some weight today, let me just throw around some weight today. Don't work like that. And just imagine you know, just throwing to, around
1: calories in your diet. Yeah, you're trying kind of, to just
0: you're trying to stumble there. You know yeah. what I mean? You're you're hoping you get there and and, man, I can't tell you how many times people tell me, I say, what's your diet like? And they say, I eat healthy.
1: Yeah. What
0: does that mean, man? Yeah. Like, what what does that mean?
1: And you know? to them, you know, it could mean going out to eat every day at a quote-unquote healthy place Yeah. where they're consuming a shitload of pita bread. and Well, maybe they know. picked a salad,
0: but it's got, like, four servings of ranch dressing. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Man. There's just, like... But if you start writing that stuff down, like you find some answers within there, it's like, oh, I, yes, I have all these veggies in here, but I also have four servings of, you know, whatever kind of salad dressing I'm using. I'm throwing all this shit in here. I'm using four cups of coffee creamer a day. You know what I mean? Like you find a lot of your answers within there. So if that day comes where you're trying to bench press that 300 pounds, you're trying to run that 10 miles and you don't do it, you look through there and be like, oh it's probably cuz i didn't bench 275 first. It's probably cuz i wasn't able to run 5 miles first.
1: Yeah. You know. And what i am absolutely loving about this tracking thing is you it doesn't even take any effort to improve. Like once you are aware and if you truly desire that goal, you will make the changes. I agree because with that. yeah, imagine if your goal is to lose weight and you eat a donut, and then you have to write in your accountability journal, hey, I just ate three donuts. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, you're going to feel guilty as hell writing it in there right. if you even did decide to um, eat those donuts after all because now you're actually making conscious choices, and that's the big thing. I guess just it, it, it forces you to at least be responsible with your choices. Or be accountable for your choices. Yeah, it's but no we- longer just mindless consumption or mindless actions.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, it's your it's your answer too. Because if you can open that through yep. journal, and again, like we were just saying, if you can't run, if you you didn't run five miles, why would you be able to run ten? You didn't bench mm-hmm. two seventy five, would you be able to do three hundred? You know, you can't you can't just expect yourself to magically land
1: there. Yeah, it's and cool. then the cool thing is, whenever you are, you know, improving um, for every positive thing that you do and every positive thing that you're writing down or even if you're not writing it down every positive thing that you're doing toward that goal you know you're becoming that person yeah. that you have to be in order to achieve that goal right so it's it's all like a cool process that complements each other mm-hmm. but you know you have to do it
0: you got to be conscious man you can't just expect yourself to stumble into it mm so, gosh, that was a big tangent on one thing that people... That was. Yeah, that was like 20 minutes on one thing. Okay, so let's move on from that point. So, what do you got?
1: Uh, biggest mistakes in the gym, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, let me see. Not paying attention to the actual exercises. So... You're talking about going in there and just kind of
0: winging it, picking this machine and that machine and this machine and this exercise and then Not just, even that,
1: like... You know, the, you can do bench press two different ways. Like, you can drop it down on your chest and push it back up and that's still a bench press. Mm-hmm. Or you can, you know, do it close and focus on using your triceps, sure. pressing it. That's a bench press yeah. too. Or, you know, there's a bunch of different ways. But You make a great point. Yeah, so mm-hmm. right now what I've been practicing is um, being intentional with the way that I'm actually lifting the weights and understanding what it's actually taking or what muscle groups I'm actually trying to use whenever I'm lifting and stability and just a bunch more things that I'm learning is actually going into weightlifting rather than just, you know, executing the Exercise mindlessly.
0: Yeah, I would I would say it's it's more about focusing on the intention of each rep rather than just checking the box of oh yeah I did this I did this I did this I did this you know Mm -hmm. so like I like that you said that because something that I experience a lot with people is you know someone will ask me about leg training and um, particularly guys will be like man I just I can't grow my legs no matter what I do and then you go watch them squat and number one their mobility shit but more Mm -hmm. importantly well maybe not more importantly but you know, because of that, their squats are like, man, their, their knee is hitting like 120 degrees max. Like we're talking about quarter squats and we're loading it up and they're like, man, I'm going heavy. I'm training hard, but man, it's like, yeah, but, but what are you getting out of that? How much range are you putting that quad through, you Mm -hmm. know? And and everyone wants to talk about like, you know, you got to load it up, you got to load it up. But if you're not, if you're not getting what you need out of that exercise, what's the point? You know the yeah. e- the X's and O's of what you write down don't mean anything unless you've hit a certain quality standard. You know, mm-hmm. so I, I don't know, man. It's it's a it's a, you know you can squat for your quads, you can squat for your glutes and hams, or you can just squat for your ego and do quarter reps and just
1: load up the bar as heavy as you can. Yeah. And the, it's what's your goal? Not only that, but you know you're a lot more prone to injury. Yeah. you know if you're not paying attention to how you're executing these exercises and then like alex is saying you're a lot more prone to not getting the results that you want because like um for example you can do bicep curls and only use your forearms and your shoulders and your yeah. back yeah and then you're like why aren't my biceps growing yeah, doing exactly. 20 sets of biceps a week yeah like, you can do that with like 80 pounds and yeah. you know for 10 reps whatever yeah but then like personally in my experience I can do that for like 80 pounds for 10. But and then I go down to 30-pound dumbbells. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I keep my elbows in one place. And I'm yeah. kind of like leaning forward and, and focusing on my biceps. biceps. Yeah. And, you know, I can do three sets of eight. Mm-hmm. And then I have to stop yeah. because my biceps are so pumped. And they're not used to uh, feeling that. And, you know, I don't feel it in my yeah. shoulders. And so, don't feel yeah. it in my back.
0: Uh-huh. And I think, you know, you see a lot of... And I, I, don't, I don't mean to pick on anybody or anything. But Ooh. I think a lot of the times... When you notice people in the gym who maybe have, like, an overdeveloped body part, and usually maybe it's something like traps or it's something like glutes or quads or something like that, you know, that typically means, like, they've put themselves in a position with so many exercises to let things be biased. Yeah. You know, if, if you're missing, you know, if you're missing your pecs but you're benching 315 and your shoulders and triceps are huge, it's like, there's your answer, man, you know? you're not your your bench press is not for your pecs it's for your shoulders and your triceps you yeah know what I mean? are you
1: trying to like hit off some shade on me or something on you, is that is
0: that your same deal well i think yeah. your chest has really came up recently but no i mean that yeah was and the that's
1: specifically because of the exercise execution like before um and i was just talking to you about this earlier mm-hmm. when i do when i used to bench i would drop it down um, into my chest and then I throw it up with my triceps. So again, yeah, that is a bench press, you know, I'm bringing it down to my chest and I'm pressing it up, but, um, I wasn't using my pecs at all. And I did, I even had flabby pecs and they were small and I even have pictures, um, like before and after. And it's crazy. I've only been intentionally, um, benching with my pecs and my, uh, upper back as of like the past month and a half no less than month and a half about a month now and the growth in my pecs has been crazy way different yeah yeah and not only that um i'm also focusing like i said earlier on stability and making sure that everything is symmetrical whenever i'm lifting and what i'm noticing from that is a lot of the pain that i had in like my shoulders my pec um A lot of times I have it on my right side. I don't know Mm -hmm. why that is, but uh, it went away. Like, I don't have any shoulder problems anymore. I don't have any pec problems anymore. And it's because I'm focusing on actually lifting correctly. Yeah. Yeah, and on deadlifts, um, so I guess this all came about um, deciding to compete in December. And I wanted to see where I was at with my bench squat and deadlifts. So, you know i was watching my videos looking at my weaknesses and all of that seeing where i can improve and talking to other people about what they see where they see that i can improve and you know just bringing all that information together i didn't even it wasn't even intentional but uh, i guess now i'm realizing that um the weakness was just exercise execution i wasn't doing the things that I needed to be doing or the exercises that I needed to be doing correctly. Right. And now that I know, um, that, you know, how, now that I know the proper way to do these exercises and I'm still learning, it's not like I know 100%, I'm still learning every day. Um, I'm able to keep injury like my pain and that injury thing low. I'm able to grow the parts that I want to grow. Uh, more efficiently and I'm able to build my confidence ultimately because now I'm on an exact plan Mm -hmm. and just everything is improving like it's fun again to lift because it's not it's no longer just Picking shit up and putting it down—it's—it's mm-hmm. it's like a science to it. Yeah, you
0: know? it's so interesting how how much more enjoyable it actually becomes when you address your weak link. Because everybody wants to ignore their weak link, and I'm personally like super guilty of this. And that I've I've pretty much had a week back like my whole—I mean, I would say since I ever started lifting, like I was just never good at stabilizing my scapula, moving my scaps. Mm-hmm. And um, we're on the path to changing that right now. I felt really good about my training recently, but you know, when I was prepping for my first show when I was seventeen. My back, man, it just, it, it wasn't there. Like, it was non-existent. Yeah. And, um, man, I just remember I was literally doing 40 sets of back a week. Yeah. And just, uh, number one, obviously piss poor intensity if you're doing 40 sets. Yeah. But <clears throat> my biceps, in relation to everything else, oh. huge. Oh, my, really? My rear delts, in relation to everything else, huge. My teres, huge. What are teres? Uh, it's kind of the armpit muscle that's above your lap. Okay, okay. Uh, My lats, non-existent. My My traps, non-existent. My lower back, existent. But So point being, like I was just pounding the volume into the dirt thinking that more is better, more is better, more is better. But unfortunately, if you have a pile of crap and then you triple your pile of crap, you have a tripled pile of crap. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: 100%. So you have
0: to like, that's why, man, the quality always has to come before the quantity. And that's just a matter of, Circling back, conscious attention, man. Like yeah. being sure that you're getting what you need, and that doesn't. You don't have to be perfect. Like you don't have to be perfectly isolating your quads on a barbell back squat. It's okay to use some other things. You don't have to be perfectly biasing your pecs in a dumbbell bench press. You can use some other stuff. But like,
1: you, you know, do want to strive. It's a pretty for that good perfection.
0: It's a, but it's a pretty good sign. Like if you're not, if you're not feeling the muscle that you're intending to work, or the muscles surrounding a movement that you're intending to train, what do you think is happening? Yeah. Like, do you just, I mean, what do you think's happening? You know, mm-hmm. people like to use the word like mind muscle connection. That's going to be easier and harder with different muscle groups and different movement patterns and different exercise selection. Definitely. But like, man, if you can't, you know, if you're going through a barbell row and all you feel is your elbows and your forearms and your lower back, like, why are you doing a barbell row? Why?
1: Yeah. yeah. Because
0: some guy on YouTube told you to, or because yep. somebody in a bodybuilding form said you have to do barbell rows to get a huge back. Spoiler, yeah. you don't. You don't have to do anything. Yeah. You have a lot of freedom to this game of, of resistance training and body transformation. You have to be willing to, to go against the grain and leave your ego at the door and figure out what works for you.
1: That's the biggest thing. You've got to figure it out. Like, it's not just, even after hearing this, you know, it's going to be hard for you to go in and, you know, go in the gym. And let's say you're doing dumbbell bench press and you want to focus specifically on your pecs. Maybe you won't feel your pecs right at first. Well, hey, honestly, you're just going to have to maybe educate yourself on uh, movements that more isolated, just so you can feel that feeling just Mm -hmm. so you can understand how it feels like Mm -hmm. and then go back to, um, you know, your uh, dumbbell presses, Mm -hmm. but yeah, just experiment and understand also that, yeah, you may be, if you are, you know, having progress right now um, and you're not, doing like we're saying focusing on executing these exercises correctly it'll bite you in the ass soon yeah exactly right now you may be fine but hey you're you're going to get to the point where you know you are having imbalances you're, or you are always only as good as your weakest
0: link yes always man.
1: like i've i've been powerlifting for 5 years now um i think almost 6 and i'm just barely getting my form under under control because of this realization that I need to be doing this. And mm-hmm. all of that time, I could have been focusing on this and I could have been, you know, at such a higher level. But because I chose the, you know, the quick solution and all of that, um, I'm having to figure out trying you know, my to just whole move game. Weight. Yeah, exactly. Because I was, yeah, which, hey, I don't blame myself. You know, I'm not thinking the way that I was thinking back then. And there's so many more resources yeah. out there now to actually teach people um, things. But, you know, if you do know this is the right route and you're still neglecting it, then hey, get your shit on the wraps. Yeah. Because sure. you're you're going to be wasting, you know, just a lot of time and energy. Yeah. And I know you said that you you did the 30 sets. Um, 40. 40 sets. All piss poor How, intensity, but... so. Did you just keep on training it because I just you thought, like instantly yeah. recovering because you weren't even using it? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't. Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't get sore
0: like I was just going through the movements. And so I was doing like, and what was funny too was I was I was covering all my bases as far as anatomical movements go. Okay. It's just that I wasn't I wasn't moving my scaps. I wasn't actually engaging with my back. Right. Yeah. I was just pulling.
1: It's and easy so, not like, to engage. Yeah, man. Back. And so
0: I was doing like. I do pull downs and I do neutral pull downs. I do wide rows and then I do narrow rows. Like I do shoulder extension and I do like, you know, I mean, I was doing just oh every everything under the sun just to be sure I was hitting every angle. But again, that pile of crap was just tripling, quadrupling in size. And it doesn't, it's not going to change anything, man. So again, at that first show, rear delts, terries, and biceps were all killing, but lats and traps, non existent, man. Yeah,
1: man. Because, so when I was. And this would actually, this would actually like, kind of pairs with what you're saying. When I wasn't really caring about the exercise execution, I could do so much things. Like I could just do sets and sets back to forth, different exercises all day, and you know I would never feel the need to recover because nothing was ever sore. Yeah. And now that I'm, uh, like intentionally doing. You know things my way, you know correctly for me um, i've had to cut back so many exercises i've had to cut back just so much like volume, mm-hmm. so much workload because you know now that i'm focusing on one thing and I'm actually able to hit it specifically i'm sore for the next you yeah, know man. three days
0: and that dude and that and that word is efficiency
1: yeah you exactly
0: know? and it's 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 an interesting point because there's a lot of um a lot of bodybuilders these days aren't just pounding the volume into the dirt anymore. You know, a lot of them are are taking, you know, a couple sets to failure for per muscle group, you know, whatever uh-huh. five, five sets, eight sets a, a a session, you know, just to taking it to the absolute bank and yeah. just, you know, anatomically like contracting the right ways and just taking it to the bank. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, man, you don't, you don't need those 40 piss poor sets because it's because why you're just writing it down you're not actually stimulating what you're trying to stimulate you're not using what you want to use and so you know you make a great point because that that circles back to like you know even if like you're doing legs like you know let's say i'm doing legs and i'm squatting you know 200 pounds well if i'm if i'm dive bombing it and then just popping up and using momentum and swinging like it's not Number one, obviously it's not challenging my tissue, but it's not challenging my central nervous system either. Mm-hmm. So the next day like I'm I'm fine yeah you know my my joints, tendon lig- tendons and ligaments might not be yeah but like yeah, I'm chilling versus you know you can if you're if if you're executing, you know, and worked on around numbers now, but let's say you're executing three, four times as well, by using half the load, you're going to be wrecked the next day, man. Yeah. So it's like you just—I can't—I can't emphasize enough, like that quality standard just always has to be there because if it's not, everything else is trash. Yeah. Everything else doesn't mean anything to you. It's literally—it's literally a waste of your time. If anything, I would say it probably is hurting you because it's tearing your joints apart. I think it is hurting you. So I—I I don't know, and I think—and you—you know what? It definitely is hurting you, man. Yeah. Because if you're not. If if you're going through poor movement patterns, you're reinforcing poor movement patterns. That's what it is. So not only are you not only are you not doing anything, you're making the problem worse. Yep. So swallow the ego, man.
1: Yeah, that's that's the toughest part because you got you got to realize that on your own. Mm -hmm. Like a bunch of people can tell you, but unless you know you choose to actually um, improve, and this is an improvement, um, unless you choose it, then you're not going to do it. So. When I when I was tracking down my weakness and and things, you know, obviously a bunch of people have told me before, you know, to do form correctly and all that shit, and I never listened to them because why am I going to listen to somebody else? Because we're all blinded by
0: our ego, man. Yeah, exactly. But once Myself, I actually started, I mean, all
1: of us. Yeah. Once I actually started <laughs> looking at my weaknesses for what they actually were, and looking at my videos and seeing how I was executing these, um, and I realized it on my own, right? Like. It was an easy switch to make. It was an easy choice to make. Like, hey, I need to get this under control. And that's when I started, like, you know, barely touching my chest on bench, um, squatting correctly to depth and deadlifting, not with my lower back. Mm -hmm. And another thing, and I think I said this earlier, whenever I started doing these exercises correctly, all the pain went away. Like, for example, I couldn't do... Uh, shoulder press yeah like I sucked at shoulder press and for years shoulders have just been a weakness just because every time I do shoulders I'll get a I don't know exactly what it is but this will just start hurting like crazy to the point where sometimes it would even mess up my sleep at night because it would be so painful and it would be there all you know just all day for days on end if I was to hit it just once so I just never hit it well when it came to like uh, retracting your scapula and Taking doing things some correctly. Off that joint. That's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. When I started breaking down, okay, I want to do shoulder press because it's going to help me on bench. How can I do it without, you know, uh, having any pain? And usually when I am in pain, it's because I'm doing the lifts wrong. Mm-hmm. So let me look at how I'm doing these shoulder presses and let me look at how someone else does it. And let me also get feedback from the people that I trust in the gym to see if I can, you know, get this thing right. under under wraps. Right. And the first day that I tried it, I had um, Jacob uh, help me out. He's a powerlifter at my gym. I had him help me out on shoulder presses just with my form. And I was also filling it out with, with my body, just with the bar and with the 25 pound on each side. Yeah. So not a lot. Um and after that one session, I was able to do shoulder presses again and without any pain. And fast forward a month later, now I'm doing shoulder presses with. Um, I think I did 275 for yeah five by five. Oh, and guess what? No shoulder issues. Yeah. And it's and not only that. Now I know exactly what was causing, causing these shoulder issues before, it's because I wasn't retracting my back and mm-hmm. it was all like wobbly on the way yep. down. And yep. your scapula is all over the place. Yeah, exactly. So now that I've ingrained that proper form in me, there's no way that I'm not going to do the proper form because I know exactly what the proper form is. And yeah. that goes for um, every other lift now. Yeah. Like on deadlifts, you've seen my deadlifts, my back is tight. I no longer have any lower back problems. Mm -hmm. Um, And then on bench, like I was saying earlier, no more pec problems, no more anything. So think about that.
0: What's just, it's it's interesting to me, man, because like when you're able to just take that step back, it's so worth it. But so many people won't, Yeah, you know, so many people won't, um, I'm glad that you mentioned um, bench press too because kind of an an interesting point that's maybe in a different realm is being emotionally attached to exercises. Mm -hmm. So I've impinged my shoulder three times. Yeah. Barbell bench pressing every time. As soon as I figured out that I have the rib cage of a 12-year-old girl, Uh, (laughs) I realized that, man, barbell bench press, I'm never going to be able to do it to my chest Uh pain-free. My body doesn't move like that. And so a lot of the times when we get married to exercises, like, you know, you have to do this, you have to do that. Number one, you don't have to do anything. But number two, if you actually figure out what's better for you, like in my scenario, putting a slight incline or a slight decline to that press, it changes the game. You know, so not only do you have to be willing to take a step back, but you also have to understand that at the end of the day, the point of an exercise, unless competition like powerlifting, but the point of an exercise is to take you to a certain goal. Not to cause you pain, yeah. And man, something that just like really pisses me off in like this whole health and wellness, particularly like the bodybuilding, powerlifting world, is like you got to push through the pain. And man, pain is subjective, as far as or excuse me, not subjective, but there there's types, right? Yeah. Like if it's lactic acid, if it's your muscles screaming at you, that's one thing. But if it's your shoulder feeling like it's about to explode, that's not normal. Like that's not a pain that you play through. That's a pain that that's gonna set you back long term, and mm-hmm. if we could just take a step back and and look at the big picture here, like, man, you gotta look, you gotta look long term. If something's mm-hmm. causing you the wrong kind of pain, it's just not worth it. Like, figure out a different way to do it or do something different.
1: Yeah, so, and it's it's fun to look at, not look at it long term because you know in the short term, you can do whatever. And there's not going to be any consequences, mm-hmm. but there's not going to be any progress either. Yeah, like, um, yeah, exactly. In the long term, there's not going to be any progress. Yeah, but you know, maybe in the short term, you'll be able to add, you know, ten, fifteen pounds in two weeks. Yeah, but it's like, hey, what happens when that shoulder gets so impinged right. that you can't sleep at night? Right. And you know, it gets to the point where you can't even binge. Yeah. And now you're out for a month and a half. Yeah. And you know, when all you had to do was. Like you said, do switch movements, yeah. lower the weight, like change your form. Exactly. Just accept reality mm-hmm. and stop. Just stop. <laughs> yes, there's
0: there's a lot of um there's a lot of dogmatic ideas in what does dogmatic body, mean like as far as um you have to do this, you have to do oh, that. Okay. This is the only way. Um you know what I mean? Mm. And there's a lot of that. Like you have to squat, bench and deadlift. No, you don't. No. You don't. Unless you want to be a power lifter but no you don't you don't have to do dumbbell lateral raises you don't have to there's nothing there's no exercise that's king there's no exercise that's absolutely necessary they're all just tools in a toolbox man and as soon as you figure out that you have different tools for different jobs and sometimes certain tools work better for what you have at your disposal better
1: yeah so you don't even have to lift in general you know if you like if you like like running doing calisthenics yoga push ups yeah yoga like judo you know yeah. there's there's a bunch of different choices mm-hmm. just because you know it's normal for you know all your friends or your family or the people that you follow on Instagram they're all doing one thing that doesn't mean you got to do it mm-hmm. you know there's so many things that you can do that'll improve your life physical well or fitness and just overall well-being you know what i have found though so, and I, and i know this is not
0: you know for everybody yeah but through my five years of training, I would say that majority of people who get a good grasp on what resistance training is, how to get better at it, and how to do it safely and long-term, love it. Yeah. Love it. And maybe not so much that like it pulls them out of bed in the morning or something like that, but like most people, if they can get a good grasp on their training it's at least something that they look forward to. It's not a chore anymore. It's not checking a box anymore. Mm -hmm. Because it's so empowering, man. Yeah. It's so like it's such a it's such a cool thing that you get to go to this place and whether that's, you know, a room in your house that you work out in or a gym or whatever, or a track, or your neighborhood where you're running, but you get to go to this place where for whatever, forty five minutes, an hour, an hour and a half, you don't have to focus on anything but the physical task at hand. Yeah. You know, you don't got to think about what you got to do the next day. You don't have to think about the bills you got to pay. All you got to think about is putting your best foot forward and trying to be a little bit better at the thing that you're doing. And I think we all need that. Like it's, it's meditative in some sense.
1: Yeah. And there's so much that you can gain from it that, you know, it's kind of a obvious decision. Well, hopefully for a lot of people it is. But
0: but I guess that could be true in anything you know you were just throwing out calisthenics judo whatever I mean yeah. if you can see yourself making some sort of progress in those physical pursuits like that's awesome man mm-hmm. so but you want to wrap this one up let's wrap it up let's man. do it and those PTC cast episode eight yes, thank sir. you all for listening I'm Alex Martin at Progress Through Change you can follow my bodybuilding log at Alex Chris Martin this is Cholito Cholito Saldaña. Saldana. You can follow my green, Instagram. Powerful. Yeah, you can follow my Instagram at Cholito Saldaña.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Thank you all for watching. We'll see you in the next one.
1: Should I clap again? Mm-hmm. No, you don't have to. No, I'm going to clap. And the second I clap, it's going right, to be do over black.